the World Nomads podcast bonus episode. Hear amazing nomads sharing their knowledge, stories and experience of world travel. Thank you for tuning into this amazing nomads episode introducing Lungi from South Africa. Now Lungi wrote her name in history becoming the first African female to sail to the Arctic with a climate change and plastic pollution expedition Phil made yep. more incredible because she grew up frightened of the water. <laughs> Prior to sailing she also ran several basketball initiatives which led to a, a global collaboration in Honduras, Brazil, Puerto Rico, Ghana and Amman yet she still refer, refers to herself as a humble Zulu girl. Because I am. Don't I sound sweet, guys? <laughs> <laughs> you do. You do sound very sweet. But, it, it, but I mean, anything but humble. You've got so many achievements under your belt that Phil and I feel like massive unachievers just talking to you. No, as much as that's true, I'm still the normal girl from next door that speaks to everybody, that hangs out with everybody. So I'm very down to earth. So all of those achievements are just little things to add to my resume <laughs> and things that I came across just uh, pursuing my passions. That's all it is. We'll learn about those as yep. we go. But I want to first know about your childhood, where you grew up and what it was like. Um, I grew up uh, in South Africa between KZN and Johannesburg um, in a single parent home. Um, so I'm a city girl um, and I lived with my mom most of the time. My parents are divorced. I have two older brothers. So I grew up playing basketball. Um, I wanted to be a pilot. <laughs> pretty normal childhood so I was just very busy with sports so I was always away on weekends competing and stuff like that um, and I had friends like everybody else hung out with everybody else but I just I suppose I had a goal I knew that I would travel but I didn't know where to and when it would happen and um, that's about the only thing that has stuck out till now. Was travel sort of common in your family or was it something everybody did? Nope. I'm the first of everything. <laughs> so even in my neighbourhood, I'm like the first person that has travelled so much abroad. I was the first person to sail. So all of these things that I'm doing are new to everybody. And as much as I learn and grow, everybody around me is also learning and growing with me. They must love having you over for a, a, a cup of tea, just <laughs> finding out what your latest adventures been. I figure I'm going to be that annoying granny someday that always has a load of stories. So, yeah, no, um, they've been pretty supportive, even though it's things that they don't understand. And um, they've been really good to me. And I think everybody is starting to see life differently, I suppose. Nice one. So before we get to the ocean, let's go back to basketball and growing up playing that and the things that you've achieved as an adult with that you've you've done so much with sport yeah so in basketball like I was saying that I grew up playing basketball you know every weekend that was my go-to place that was my my uh my place to you know to explore and to feel free and um I think this was in 2010 I realized that other kids didn't have that same childhood that I had you know and kids were getting into drugs which is a problem globally 
And I wanted to give them a piece of my childhood. So that's how I got started in community initiatives through basketball. So that was the intent. And it just blew up in my face. It became something so big, what was meant to be just for my community ended up being a global thing in a space of a year. Explain, tease that out a bit. How did it become global? Um, so basically, uh, South Africa, South African basketball had sort of died down because of the misadministration with our federation. So basically, the international community didn't even know that we existed. So what I wanted to do was to bridge the communication gap between our international federation and the players on the ground because they were missing out on so many opportunities uh, to compete globally because we didn't have an administration so i created an online magazine um in aid to um to bridge that gap and while i was doing that for my local community then suddenly there were people in ghana uganda lungi this would be great we would like to be featured on your online magazines can you come to our events to promote us as well and um that's how i got um the ambassadorship with our international federation FIBA in Switzerland and being associated with the federation also brought other community other communities that were struggling like from Honduras, Puerto Rico, uh, Brazil so these are people that I worked with daily regardless of the language barrier you know we used to use Google Translate just to get through (laughs) meetings and stuff like that but I mean we all had the same passion we wanted to share this love that we had for basketball with uh, the future generations. You don't know how to, when it comes to sport, you don't necessarily need to know how to speak another language because we all know who's upset that their team is losing. Exactly. So uh, sport is a universal language on its own, so that made it a whole lot easier. And the fact that we all had the same passion, you know, with our communities, so we just got together and I got to help them as much as they were helping me and we were promoting um, what used to be streetball being three on three Mm -hmm. so that would be like um, two or three people get together at a basketball court and you just play together so FIBA was working on formalizing that Um, so the slogan at the time was from the streets to the world stage Um, so we promoted that I think uh, between um, 2014 and 16 I must have traveled like almost every other weekend promoting this uh, discipline of basketball which was um, only approved by the International Olympics in 2017 so now it's going to be an Olympic discipline. (laughs) Are you tall? Are the Zulu people tall generally? Uh, most of them are. I'm not tall. I'm like 1.6. Okay. So I'm not tall at all. Yeah. Well, you wouldn't want I'm to be short. six foot eight because then there'd be issues on the sailing boat with the boom. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> of course. So I'm, I'm, I'm going to pat myself on the back there. Nice segue. Nice well segue. Yeah, yeah, nice segue. Can I tell you a joke of that? Do you know why the boom on a ship is called a boom or on a boat? Do you know why it's called a boom? Oh, come on. No. That's, 
<laughs> That's the noise it makes when it hits you in the head. <laughs> oh, Lungi. Everybody tells that story. <laughs> Nothing <laughs> original. Everyone. <laughs> now, you are a girl that was afraid of water. You met this amazing man called Greg Maud. What happened? Um, so I met with Greg um, after I had done a competent crew in the north of France. So that's when I fell in love with the sailing thing. I was like, I need to go back. I need to find ways to go back. So I was basically looking for local people that could give me ideas on how I could um, go forward with sailing. And Greg had just um, done the Talisker rowing challenge. So he had, I think he wrote, it was on the Atlantic. So he had just completed that. And that was like the only person that I could find in Joburg that could speak to me. And he was ever so kind. He came to the bank. I was working at the bank at the time. And I was so nervous. I'm like, oh my God, I'm going to meet this amazing guy. And he was so kind and he gave me his words of wisdom. And had it not been for people like that, just, you know, um, cheering me on and telling me that I'm on the right path, then I probably wouldn't be here. Look, I know how you get the sailing bug. I have done a little oh, bit. Oh, here we go. No, it's, it's fantastic. Quite, yeah, I know, but... but... I haven't done... I've never... <laughs> no, I've never been out of Sydney Harbour. I don't... I haven't done... Well, not true. I've been out twice. But I don't well, do... you should get out. The word... Actually, you guys have the Southern Ocean next to I you, know. so you need to get out. I'd love to see Phil in a boat in the Southern Ocean. <laughs> the Roaring Forties. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> 40s. <laughs> I, I, I do love him, but it's, he's just so fun to stir. But I get it. It's like all that, you know, feeling the wind and, you know, and a, a sailboat reacts differently from a powerboat because it's part of the ocean, not sort of sitting on it. So it's actually, I understand how you get the passion for sailing. Give us a list of things that you've done as part of this love of the sea? Well, when I started with the competition crew and I fell in love with it, I had to find ways to be part of the community. Um, so I wanted to be an onboard reporter on the Volvo Ocean Race. You could do <laughs> that, Phil. Time. Wow. <laughs> because I figured, you know what, I have this photography and videography um, certificate that I don't use much. You know, I just take random photos here and there. Um, so maybe um, I could do this whilst experiencing what it's like to be at sea for longer periods. But um, unfortunately, that didn't work out. And I think that was a blessing in disguise because that only fueled me to go further. And um, I started training. I would travel like at least every two to three months. I would be in the north of France or the south of France um, training there with my sailing schools. And then um, in 2017, a friend of mine bought me a ticket to meet my corn in Switzerland. Yeah, so I went and met this guy and he was talking about how he went from pole to pole and stuff like that. I was like, hmm, that's interesting. But at the time, I didn't even know that two months later I would get an opportunity to be part of a crew on a research expedition to the Arctic. And I only had a day skipper at the time. So that's like uh, most people consider it crazy. You can't sail to the Arctic with a day skipper, but I did. Oh. <laughs> um, <laughs> well, now now yeah, you've so lost me. So this is a well, bit Okay. Well, there's a, there's, a, there's a sort of um, a training, sort of layers of training that you do. Yep. So you do a 
competent crew, and then you can do day skipper, which means you can take a small boat out during the day. But there's no sort of celestial navigation involved in that or no passage planning or, or those things. You have to work your way up to what Lungi now has, which is a yacht master certificate. To, so you would kind of figure that if you're going to go to the Arctic, you'd have at least a yacht master, not <laughs> yeah. day yeah. sailor. But don't no. we ask for forgiveness, no. not permission? That's right. <laughs> exactly. Exactly. No, I was very fortunate. And I think that was like the best decision as well in terms of testing my skills. I mean, as much as I didn't really know much, I I later realized that I knew a lot more than what I get, gave myself credit for because there were only four experienced sailors on board. So uh, the three being the crew and the other one being the captain and the rest was just um, your scientists and research guys. So um, I had to do pretty amazing stuff. I had to learn how to navigate, to avoid sea ice and all of these things, to learn how to use a high-frequency radio um, to and stuff like that. So I, I, I was one of the important people in the boat <laughs> and I ended up being navigational support and also a watch officer. Okay. <laughs> so let's go back to your bit of sailing. Yeah. No, I'm yeah. not, I mean, at least you get out and, the, you, and you do it. I think it's great. But yes, the world's heaviest four-decky. <laughs> there you go. <laughs> what's, what's next? What's happening for this year? So um, I will be doing a couple of things. I need to get back into sailing as soon as the season starts in Europe. So that's going to be April, May. I'll also have Maiden, which is a legendary boat. I believe you guys feel must know this because Maiden was there um, earlier on in the year and Wendy got to be the skipper of it. I think it went around Australia quite a bit. Yeah, so I'll be on board Maiden. Uh, The boat is currently on a world tour, raising funds for girls' education and it's a legendary boat. It's like (laughs) you know, the epitome of what female sailors can do, uh, which was skippered by by Tracy Edwards in 8990 and they had an, an all-female crew on the vo- on the red race what yep. was what is now called the ocean race yep. so I'm going to get on board that um, I will also be doing a couple of speaking engagements and I'm working on a project right now with FIBA to combine my love for sailing and basketball as well as um, reducing our carbon emissions so we going to be doing a tour um i think we're going to start from turkey all the way up to tokyo just before the start of the olympics it's going to be loads of fun a bit busy then a little bit busy if you do find yourself in (laughs) sydney please contact us we'd love to have you here at world nomads headquarters one final question Mm -hmm. if you weren't this humble Zulu girl that didn't push her boundaries and overcome your fear of the ocean, what would your life look like now? I honestly don't know. I probably would have settled. Maybe I would have carried on with basketball because the community part of me has always been a lungi thing. So I probably would have continued with basketball and helping out where I can and um, stayed within banking as well. Uh, which would probably have limited me, but I think at some point it would have come out because these things eventually come out. (laughs) Um, So one way or the other, I would have traveled and eventually have come across all of this stuff and met this lungi that I'm getting to know now. 
And we love the Lungi you've become, encouraging us all to find our limit and go beyond it. Lungi is also working towards sailing solo around the world in 2024. Of course she is. Yeah, why wouldn't you? <laughs> go Lungi! <laughs> Tell us about our next episode, which you can get from wherever you download and subscribe to your favourite podcasts. And next episode, we're off to Ethiopia. Ooh, bye! bye. Amazing nomads. Be inspired.